It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I knew it was coming. I was. <laughs> I was waiting for it because the last time we started a little early and that that was kind of delayed there, but I knew it was coming. Patience is a virtue. We both both exposed ourselves to some patience there. That was good. What's up, Minor Nation, Minor Rush? Uh, It's Anthony Sloan back with the one and only Alex Nicholas. Live from the Sloan Manor Studio. (laughs) Sloan Manor Studio bringing you another episode of the Rush Podcast. Um, got a lot to talk about tonight, mostly some, some football, but there's also some basketball news mixed in, some recruiting news, some women's basketball mixed in. We could talk a little bit about uh, Jamil Showers if y'all want to. Anybody out there wants to call in, y'all can call in at 347-934-0951. I know we had a few uh, um, questions that were posed on the uh, open thread. I'm still, I'm still on the comment thread, so if y'all drop comments on there, yeah, we're, 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 me and Anthony both watching Twitter. We're both watching Facebook, so that's how y'all can get in touch with us. Y'all know how to get at us, at SBN Minor Rush on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Minor Rush. So this is sort of the official. I build it as the official first podcast of yeah, the season because, no I mean, pretty much. We had one earlier in the summer. We, but we had, it was, that was an off-season edition, but you think about it, you got basically two weeks, almost two weeks till we're talking. We're pretty much preparing for a game. A uh, couple days left in camp before UTEP goes in the full mode, so let's just jump right into it. I mean, you know, let's let's first let's start off with some of our questions that we got on the comment thread from today, and this was a really good one because this is obviously I think the biggest thing that that I've touched on and what I brought up when I went went to go out to check out that scrimmage about the struggles of the offense at Sunday scrimmage, and I think a lot of people are have this exact question that minor lifer. What a shout out to minor lifer. Um, do you think the offense is further along when compared to last last year? And if it is, why do you think so? Let, let me start it off and say I think in terms of chemistry, in terms of having a, a not so much maybe a depth chart set, but you have a good idea of who's going to be where in terms of receivers, tight ends, running backs, and even your quarterbacks. I think they're far along, far, uh, further along in, in that in that juncture. But I think what what's missing is that chemistry between that. And that's what you saw last year with Jameel Showers. You know, even though he missed half of that, that was the 2013 season, but he did have a full spring. And, and you know, you got guys like Ian Hamilton uh, from last year. Uh, the other receiver, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Jared Shaw was another guy. Even a guy like Jaquan White, who we're seeing here emerge this season. Those were kind of the core guys. Eric Tomlinson, of course, and, and as far as the offense. Now, now the offensive line, I think they're way further ahead. You know, but that's I don't think that was his particular question because we know that's going to be good. I, I wrote about yeah. that. We've seen that. But I think the biggest question here, when I'm going to flip your question, uh, minor lifer's question, is that chemistry in the passing game in our skill position is way behind. It, with the drops, with with getting separation. Yeah. Um, now the quarterbacks played well. You know, we, we, even though Matt Leftwich was three of sixteen, they were still stepping up in the pocket. Cougar, you know, they took shots. They were getting live. They stood up in the pocket. They took hit shots well. So I think in that aspect, we're definitely behind. But in terms of off that running game, that running game is definitely way ahead. There's a little bit more depth. Possibly could be a little bit more depth in the running back, even though it's hard to replace what Nathan Jeffrey and Josh Bell were to do yeah. last year. But 
I mean, it, it's it's this is a very important week of practice and a very important scrimmage on Saturday to kind of solidify that question. But then after that, you still have time. I mean, look, any any time you come into a new season and and you're lacking a starting quarterback, you're going to be set back at least a few weeks, if not a month or more into the season. I mean, this 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 preseason, if you want to call it that, the, the non-conference schedule is going to be a real learning curve for this team. Because yeah, we are we are ahead when you talk about the run game, the offensive line, and whatnot. But you you still don't have that general out there that's going to lead the team. You don't even I mean to this day that's we don't know call this who it's going to be. Yeah, and you know the good thing is that this that this team will be very run heavy, even more run heavy than we saw a year ago. Um, so even when you see a guy like Mac Leftwich, who some think is the favorite at this point, you know at least he was coming into the fall. He was the favorite, I think. Um, you know, you see him go three of 16 and, and you kind of say, well, you know, yeah, he did do some good things and he did have some drops. So you kind of got to give him that. But even even considering all that, he's going to be handing the ball off most of the time. And that's going to take a lot of pressure off of him. So and of course, you know, as you saw, uh, Jared, uh, Garrett Simpson moving up. We talked about this pre-show. You know, we, we think like he's, he's the guy that that is starting to kind of move into that starting spot, that starting role. I know he's been taking a lot of reps with the ones. Um, and he's a guy who's not only just got the build, you know, he's got the arm for the Division One level. And and I mean, again, when you're talking about the style of offense that we're going to be running, there's not a lot of pressure on him to make a lot of big plays with his arm. So that's a good thing. But I do think that this team, even though they might be further along in some areas, there's going to be a real learning curve when it comes, you know, time to to go out there and play against Arkansas in a couple weeks because. You you don't have the quarterback out there. You don't know who it's going to be. And not only that, you got a, a lot of young guys on the defensive side of the ball, and that's going to be big. When you're thrown out there into SEC country, and I don't care if it's Arkansas who's not as good, hasn't been as good recently, you're thrown out there against that level of talent. That is going to be extremely tough. But, again, it's going to be that non-conference schedule. We need to pick up a couple of wins early on that will kind of prepare us for – for the Conference USA play. So I don't, I can't say exactly where we are as far as ahead of last year or behind last year because in some areas I think we're ahead in some areas I think we're behind. But but overall, I think, you know, this team will be okay come conference time, but there is going to be that learning curve heading in. And like you mentioned, last year with Jamil Showers, you knew who was leading the team. You knew who was going out there day one. And so that just gives them a, a level of comfort to the offense and it lets it flow a little easier. So... I think there is going to be a learning curve. Yeah, yeah, and like like I mentioned, how this is an important week, and then there's that next week. Well, I, I definitely your take is kind of the same thing, but it's, this could go into like you said, past a non hopefully not past a non conference schedule, but hopefully those first couple games and that I, you know the incarnate word game can everything kind of come full circle. Of course, you know it's SCS team it's supposed to come full circle, but you know that that's really a big takeaway. Now, the question that he threw at us was, whoever starts at QB. You think it might be an upgrade from last year? And I'm gonna I'm gonna break down Leftwich, and I'm just gonna flat out say no. It isn't gonna be an upgrade with Leftwich. I think that's that's we're taking two or three steps back because, like you said, he's gonna hand it. That tells me they're the gonna hand it off more. Man. And, the and, size and the size of everything. It, it, I've watched. I watched. I, I, this is not official, but I watched at least three or four balls get batted down yeah. in, in, in that. And, and UTEP has a really big offensive line. You know, it's. It, 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 it showed the, the the big time where his size showed was UTEP was running what they call the the backed up drill when they're were at the one yard line and they got to you know either basically the goal is try to get the punters to move it's not really yeah. so much drive the ball it's just get the punters yep. some, some room and left would struggle why because the pressure came 
pocket collapsed. He couldn't see over it, so he had to launch one up, and, and uh, uh, Ish Harrison was right there for the pick. Yeah. That is a perfect example of the size. And then a lot of people are going to disagree with what we're saying about the size because, well, Russell Wilson – Drew Brees, but that was a big him. that was a big time example of what I saw when that pocket that pocket collapsed and he couldn't move around. But a guy like Garrett Simpson maybe not have made a play and, and threw a fifty yard bomb for a completion, but he could have at least thrown it at somebody's feet. He could have at least thrown it at the feet of a receiver to avoid you know something other well, than I mean, a, a turnover look, at that you point. Know, first of all, it, this isn't so much like I don't have anything against Mac Leftwich. No. You know, it's not like a personal knock. It's just that in this day and age, college football, football in general, players are getting bigger and stronger and faster every single day. And when you aren't up to par with that, you're automatically set back. You're automatically at a disadvantage. And and he doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have a weak arm, but he doesn't have the strongest arm. And again, it's just the size, man. If, if, if you get into situations like that and you can't even see over your own offensive line, that's tough. Obviously, again, we're a running team, so that's not going to matter as much. But still, the last thing you need is for it to be a close game. Mac left, which is backed up on, on, on the inside of his own 10. And, you know, you need to, to get some space out there. And there ends up being a turnover because of his size. Now, it's hard to put it on that. And it's kind of it's, not, it's unfair in a way. But you have to think about those things. You yeah. have to consider those things. Now, what I think I is think interesting. Oh, I'm sure they do. But what I think is interesting well, first of all, let me say that I do think Mac Leftwich is the guy that knows Kugler's program the best, that that can run his his system. He's the model the citizen. Yeah, exactly. So so in that sense, he's the best choice. But what I think is interesting is that because there isn't any clear cut winner right now as far as who's going to take the QB spot, you could go into the season with one quarterback and have another one that starts week two or week three, or and another one that starts week six or week seven. You never know. You know, Kavika Johnson, as Coach Kugler put it, is starting to carve out his niche in this system. Maybe as he gets a little more experience under his belt, he kind of gets a little more comfortable, starts making plays. Maybe the he, game slows he, down. You know, maybe the game slows down for him, and he kind of steps into that that leader role, that leadership role, that starting position. Maybe it is Garrett Simpson. Maybe Garrett Simpson goes into week one, and he's just not what we thought he was, and maybe Mac Leftwich could do a better job. So I think even whoever we see week one, they might not be the starter for the entire season. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing to, to look at is that we have three options really that could all start for this team at any point in this season. And, and I think going looking at the second quarterback that we touched on left, which I, I think Simpson's a big-time upgrade from Showers in the passing game. Maybe not so much the leadership gene and the mobility and the, the effectiveness in the red zone that Showers was last year, but I saw a Garrett Simpson that was way more patient in the pocket. This was a guy where you're seeing him go through progressions and, and not just, you know, relying on that was kind of the big knock of of his that he was relying on one receiver and that you know he wasn't he wasn't able to mentally grasp hanging in the pocket before either bailing with the run or forcing it in there and I saw him just really really patient and really working the pocket you know not, not so much just letting the receivers get open but working the pocket with his footwork with with a pump fake you know with with a with a, even a small little jab step he threw at a, at a defensive lineman to kind of throw it off those are the little things that that are I think are intangibles in this particular offense because you're going to need that guy on third down. You may not need Garen Simpson to complete that seven-yard pass on first down, but when it's third and seven, you're going to need somebody that's going to step up in the pocket and that's going to give his receivers an opportunity. Not saying that Jamil Showers did or not saying that Mac Leftwich is, but what I see in Mac Leftwich when things kind of tend to break down, 
he breaks down and he gets out the pocket. And now he's not like we mentioned the arm straight. He's not a guy that I think could just fling it sure. off the run like a guy like Showers could do. But it, I just really think that Simpson can can upgrade this passing game with that ability to see over the line and be able to pick a part of defense with his eyes. Not to, let's let's throw out the the six seven height. Let's throw out the arm strength. I just saw him manipulating the defense with his eyes, and I think in UTEP's offense with the receivers, that's huge. If, especially if you get a guy like Warren Reddick that can break out or a Terry Janelle that can break out. And these guys are just getting open on the slot security blanket, five, seven yard completion, do something after the catch. I think Simpson can bring that. Yeah. And I think that's maybe why he would be an upgrade over Leftwich. But I mean, overall, it's really dead even. I mean, yeah, it, it is. It, it, that, that scrimmage, even though, you know, you could look at the, at the stats and, you know, three of 16, uh, Simpson was eight of 19. It still was even. Yeah. It was really even. And I mean, you, it just, it's going to be interesting on Saturday, you know, the, the, I think the, maybe the, if I, I mean, they're getting closer to the season, so you can't really dictate this stuff, but I think they should be live on Saturday. Yeah. You know, everybody should be live because I thought it was, that was very important for the quarterbacks to get that kind of experience because the defense was flying around and we'll, we'll touch on the defense here, but you know, the second thing I want to get to in the offense is the receiving core. It seems that it's an issue. You've got injuries right now with yep. Brandon Moss. You got Terry Janelle, who uh, Brett Broomquist, I read today, he's not even expected back till week three. That's a big and, that, and that's a tough thing. It, I don't know the exact injury. It's a, it's a, is a foot, broken it's a foot, or is it, it, I mean, is it? It's a. I think I think they did say broken foot. You guys might have some to go kind back. of broken bone or fracture. Of, yeah, it's a bone and, in the and foot. Believe me, take it from me right now that I started playing some basketball to to, to kind of take a sidetrack here. I started playing some basketball in uh, earlier this year, basically. Right, I started getting back into it. You know this and come down on somebody's foot, roll my ankle toward the ligaments of my ankle, dislocated my foot. And, I mean, it's different than a break, but the point is when it's your foot, when it's something that, that you, you're you always putting pressure on, it to this day, I mean, it's been four or five months now, and I'm still nowhere near 100%, you know? And so for an athlete, again, you might be getting great training, but when you're always on your feet, I mean, the, it's just a tough injury to come back from. It's a tough thing to, to get healed and to stay healed because once you mess it up, like it, it's very easy to do it again. So, I mean, you've you got to keep your hopes up for him to be able to come back by week three, but I wouldn't I wouldn't expect it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. That could be a guy that, that that injury may linger. He may not be he may not be 100% by week three. He may You just never know when he's going to be able to, to come back at full strength. And especially a guy like him who's – Obviously, you know, the best Juco punt return exactly. last year. You know, he probably is is a quick, fleet-footed type mm-hmm. of guy. You know, he probably relies on big-time cuts from watching this film. You know, he's a real one-cut-and-go type of runner. He's not really a cut-back type of guy in, in burning. He's a one-cut-and-go, and that's really going to be huge, um, you know, to have him in there. So, do we have a, a caller? We got a caller on the line. Let's see what's going let's, on. Let's holler. Wait. You guys are actually taking Hello, my call. live on the rush. Yeah, we're hey, taking your call, on, man. Guys? What's going on? Who is this? Who are we talking to? <laughs> hey, not much, man. Just calling from uh, Southern California. I uh, wanted to talk a little okay. football. I'm I'm a little bit concerned about the quarterback position. I, I know that the 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 battle's still going on between Simpson and, and Leftwich, but you know I don't know if I have confidence in those guys because look, I mean, look at what Jamil Showers is doing now. And let's face it, I mean, Showers was a solid quarterback. He was a solid game manager for us, but he wasn't ever really, I would say, great under center for the minors. So what are we to think mm-hmm. that you know we're gonna we're, we're gonna be better than seven and five this season with a, a quarterback with minimal experience like Simpson or Leftwich? 
Well, I think, first of all, that the first thing that has to be taken into account is that Showers was was put in a position where he didn't have to make a lot of plays. He was a game manager. That's what the system dictated. That's what the coaching staff dictated for him. So, you know, it's hard to judge him. And, and, and I think when you see what he's doing now with the Cowboys and just the fact that they went out and picked him up, because if you saw how he did with UTEP, you would have thought this guy, you know, you're, you're not – you're not really expecting him to get drafted or get picked up by a team. But the fact that he was getting looked at and the fact that he's doing all right now kind of shows that he has talent kind of above what he was, what he was doing here at Utah. So I think that's, that's the first thing. But second of all is again, like with showers, it's just about managing the game. You've got an all-star running back in Aaron Jones back there. Who's literally one of the best in the country. So you really have to rely on him and, and, allow him to carry the offense. And that'll open up some of these these short passes, these dump-offs that we're talking about um, that'll give a guy like Simpson, or even if it is left, which a chance to kind of open that offense up, spread it out a little bit, and, and make it go downfield. I mean, that's that's my take on it. I don't, I'm don't. i not expecting a 7-5 and five season. I can't say that we are going to be that good, but, but I think we've got as good of a chance this year as we did heading into last year. I, I just, I just want to say that, I mean, as much as I, I agree with that, I think you have to to look at CUSA and, and and our schedule this year and how much you know easier it is, right? I mean, this, this, we lose showers, we lose a couple of, of key players on the defensive end. I'm, I'm actually very confident in the defense for once. I mean, I don't know how many times we've been able to say that when talking about UTEP football. I'm actually confident in the defense, a little bit more confident in the defense than I am with the offense. But let's go back to last year in the Texas Tech game. Golden had that big kick return towards the end. We had a chance to, to put in the game-winning score after they went up 30-26. to 26, And our inability to have a strong passing game hurt us in that one, and we lost. I mean, we could have won that game if we had, we had a better passing attack. And it's just hard for me to think that, I mean, yeah, like you said, Showers wasn't great with what he did at UTEP as far as passing the football goes. I mean, you can put some of that on the offensive coordinator and the play calling, I'm sure, but... I mean, what if we face another situation like that? What if we're down by four against Tech? We're at the 30-yard line. We face a second and 10, third and 10. I mean, I don't feel confident in our passing attack. And, and, and this is not even explaining how we're going to get past that, but that's why you're seeing that wild minor game thrown in there. Because, you know, the, I'm not, I don't want to say the coaches don't have confidence in the passing game because it's still a work in progress. But I think that's where you're starting to see these little wrinkles with, with the guy like Kavika Johnson running, running, you know, the pass out of there. Um, you know, Aaron Jones being, you know, the main guy out of that with, with a package where you can throw in some extra linemen, throw in a tight end to keep it, um, you know, quote unquote, keep, you know, keep them, uh, keep them honest, whatever you want to call the defense. But I agree with you. You bring up a damn good point about being in that situation, and that's really where on Sunday where I saw a guy like Garrett Simpson in a two-minute drill with a minute three, drive the team down the length of the field and, and got some big plays from his receivers. So going back to where I think that, that Simpson is an upgrade is because he has that ability to, like I mentioned earlier, I don't know if you're listening, but he has that ability to kind of dictate the defense with his eyes instead of just, you know, trying to, out, trying to you know, thread it to a spot. And I think that is may, maybe not Matt Levich. And like we said, it's nothing personal against Mac. It's, nothing, it's, just, it's just what we've seen and what we feel and what – 
you know, by the book, football says a six-seven quarterback can stand over the line and, and pick you apart with his eyes. It should be easy as long as the receivers get open. And I think maybe that's where it's at. But I agree with you. It's still up in the air what's going to happen in that situation. Now, I did, like I said, I did see that great drive by Simpson. There was a minute and three seconds left. They had to go about 70, 80 yards, whole length of the field. And he picked them apart, and he made some big plays. So maybe that will help answer that question as of now. But at the same time, if Leftwich gets in there, do you have that same confidence as a guy like Simpson? So that could be that dictating factor that we could hear about a starting quarterback come next Tuesday. How, how do you compare – a guy like Mac Leftwich to, to you remember Carson Meager back in the day, two three years ago. I mean, are there are there similarities? Do you think Leftwich is, is better than Meager ever was? Because I mean, Meager, Meager had some okay games. I mean, remember against um, South Florida when they were ranked. I mean, he he played all right. Um, and then you know he That's kind a, of puts good comparison. You know, I never really was a Meager fan. I, I you know I thought he was kind of like a you know, a, a poor man stopgap type of guy. You know, and, you know, stopgap guy is a poor man something, but a poor man stopgap guy. It, it, but I, I think Leftwich, I think Leftwich has been exposed to a little bit more winning football, and he's played on some pretty good teams in high school. I think it's a smart, but 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 yeah, and that right, that's what I was kind of getting at is that kind of put his curve of, of how to lead a football team over a guy this like me. Did, yeah, this particular football team where he's bred into. But, I mean, you, you, you were covering the rush during Meager's days. You know, you no, I mean, Meager did well. Meager did well, there's no doubt. But I, I do think that just because of where Leftwich is at now, the situation that he's been thrust into where it's under Kugler and he knows the system and he's comfortable with the coaches and so on and so forth, I think, you know, if I had to choose, I would say that, that it would be Leftwich that – could do better. I mean, we really don't know as to this point. We saw him as a freshman come in in a few games. He did all right, but I would I would probably say Leftwich is a little further ahead of where Meager was. That's just my personal opinion. And, and Meager was in the 45, 50 pass a game, that just had the game offense. So definitely agree. But now some real good points to bring up there, man. Yeah, I mean, whoever it is under center week one, I mean, they're going to get thrown into the fire right away. I know Arkansas has a really good defense, and, uh, you know, the number 20 came out ranked in the coaches' poll today. So. I appreciate you guys taking my call, and uh, hey, hopefully uh, I can I can be on again soon, and hopefully uh, we'll know who the quarterback is by then. Whenever you want, man, hit us up. <laughs> All right, thank you. John Miner's checking in. That's what's up. Yes, sir. Um, but you made a that's great actually, comparison. You know, I, just, I just put two and two together. That's actually my boy Chris. Uh, he's out there in California. He was uh, he's been around for a while, man. He he's actually a Long Beach fan, basketball. But, uh, oh, okay. I know you're talking about Twitter. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he, so he, but he got connected to UTEP through Nick Lamison. I think they're related in some way or something or other. So he he really got into UTEP football then, and it's it's good to see that he stuck to it. You know, like to see Minor Nation growing like that, even out to Southern California. For us, we're we're born here, man. Like we, this is. All I didn't even go know. to UTEP. I didn't even lie. <laughs> I didn't even go to UTEP. <laughs> I mean, but this is all we know. Like you know, yeah. look, growing up, I never wanted to go to UTEP. I and when I graduated high school, I left and I went I went elsewhere. You know, but I came back. I ended up graduating here. But that's besides the point. The point is, even growing up here, like this is what this is what you know. This is college sports. This is for us. This is me. Like. I have friends that are like, oh, I'm a Duke fan. I'm a this fan. I'm, a, I'm like, bro, how? Like, what do you, how do you get, did you go to Duke? Did you, did, I mean, what, you know what I mean? And so anyway, for us, it's like, it's all UTEP. That's all we know. But for it to be growing to where people from other places, you know, Southern California are are into it that much that 
they have a connection, and even after that connection is gone, they're still in tune with it, and and you know it, that's that's cool, man. I, rem- I remember the forty-five nothing blowouts with John Rayburn as the quarterback Jeez. back in the day. Let's move off from that. Those are the days when I used to be the only one in the stadium, bro. And I, my dad would be like, "Hey, let's go," and I'm like, "No, we can still come back. What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> that or, or going down to the sun bowl and catching passes after uh, the game, yeah. they had nobody to shoot you away. But so good, good, good conversation about the offense. I thought that you know we touched a lot of points on the offense. I mean, there's really not much we should talk about the running game other than Trayvon Hughes is going to be pretty damn spectacular behind Aaron Jones. That's a guy that I kind of left out of uh, uh, talking about Sunday scrimmage. He he didn't he wasn't really productive. He's a little banged up right now. Uh, when I saw on Sunday and talking to Cooler, he was a little banged up. But that guy's going to be special. And that offensive line, there's so much debt, man. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. But let's flip over to the defensive side. We were talking about uh, – I mentioned in, in, in the in the open thread post about spots on the depth chart that were concerned. The last time me and Anthony got together for a podcast session, our biggest concern was the cornerbacks. But – from what I saw on Sunday, that is actually could be a strength. Talking about guys like Nick Needham, um, that's and, and, and let's start actually let's start from the top. Let's start with the freshman Ish Harrison. Trent Trammell is a huge pickup. I mean, we we thought of when we mentioned when we brought the news about Trammell being signed, we figured it'd be a good pickup. BYU transfer, a guy that played very uh, very high level and very productive JUCO ball. But seeing him on the field, that's a Big, big, big get for UTEP to have. Mentioned Ish Harrison, um, Tron Robertson, you know, the six-year senior. That He had a great, you know, he, he, this is a guy that we all know can do it. He just battled through injuries, whether it's a knee, whether it was a hand last year. Um, then, you, then you start getting into the young blood. And you're talking about a guy like Nick Needham that had a big, uh, big uh, spring, having a better camp. And then Kalon Beverly, a guy that we featured and that we really, really, really like. The Carlos Renfro, the senior, also got some love from them past times this week. He's had a good camp. So the bodies are there. That was a big concern. And then you can even go as far as the versatility where you have guys like Trammell and Roberson lining up at safety. And then you have other guys like L.A. Dow, um, you know, L.A. Dow converted running back that's in the safety spot. There's a lot of depth there in that secondary that really turned a – what we thought would be a weakness into a possible strength, and that's really huge to have, especially in Conference USA where they're going to run the ball like a mud. I throw the ball like I a mud. I know that about it. And, I mean, especially when you talk about the losses that we had from last year. I mean, it's it, it's not like we had the best defense in the world a year ago, but when you talk about losing a guy like Wes Miller, Adrian James, those Jimmy kind Irving. of guys, you know, those are, those are big losses for a defense like this when you have five guys back there, you know. And so I, I'm still skeptical. Because a lot of these guys are young. You're going to have a lot of young guys that are going to be getting significant playing time. So I'm still skeptical as to how they're going to transition, especially when you go up against the Western Kentuckys of of Conference USA that are going to air it out 50 times a game. Marshall, I mean, not... We don't play Marshall, I don't believe, right? No, nah, but, but we got Old Dominion on the road. We have Old Dominion. Tech they're going to air it out. Obviously. Yeah, La Tech is, is kind of a balanced offense there. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. As you talk about Texas Tech, you're going to be thrown into the fire right away with that passing game. Southern Miss. I mean, even Arkansas. Even Arkansas. Arkansas just lost their running back recently who's going to be out for the first few but games. They got the athletes season. on the outside. But they got you know athletes they on the outside. Exactly. So you're going to be tested right off the bat. So, that, I mean, in a way, that's a good thing because you're kind of thrown out there. You're going to face probably the best talent you're going to see all year in the first two games of the season, right? Um, so so that's a good thing. But I am just a bit skeptical as to how these guys are going to transition. You talk about a, a guy like Kalon Beverly who could potentially – I mean, he's probably going to be getting reps early on, but he could potentially turn into one of the better defensive backs that we've got. Yep. Maybe 
even as early as midway point of this season. I mean, you just really he, he could really <laughs> hit it strong and, and and be that guy very early on in his UTEP career. I mean, this is a guy that could be a third or fourth, you know, on the depth chart at LSU if you want. I mean, this guy is that good. Watching his hips, watching. I mean, it's so fluid. And then not to mention his length and his ability to to, to stretch out that length in stride and, and bat a pass down. And that's going to be huge because we. It, Yusuf hasn't really had that long, lanky corner with speed. I mean, we've had a lot of um, really good size, 5'10", five, 5'11", five, 200-pounders. And, and now you, you, you have some also some length with a guy like Ish Harrison, who showed some length and some versatility. And then, you know, we're talking about the, uh, the corners, but the safety game is yeah. deep as hell. The biggest loss, of course, obviously, is Devin Cockrell. But, you know, Devin, this is a guy I really felt that was going to break out. And, and uh, Dave Campbell, Texas football, did a piece on him today, uh, did a piece on UTEP and mentioned him. Obviously, he's out, but they are on the same page. Everybody's on Cougar was on the same page. He was on the verge of all conferenceness, if you want to say that. But what that tells me is just it, it, it's a it's a tough loss. That means Deshaun Smith is going to have to hold more of the load in the secondary. But it also means a guy like Mookie Carlisle is going to also see more playing time in there. That's a very talented cat too. I mean, this guy's he's got the size, he's a prototypical safety, he's physical. But it, it's really there's going to be so many moving parts, and then not to mention the other freshman that's been talked about. I really didn't get a chance to see him, but Michael Lewis, the guy that they signed kind of late last year, he's supposed to get in the mix too. So there's bodies, but just like you said, there's young, there's some inexperienced guys there. Can they all gel together like they did last year? And, and the difference between this year and last year is you had those veteran guys. You know, you had Jimmy Irving, you had uh, Wes Miller, Adrian James, those guys. We're all out on a mission because of their senior year, and you could tell they played with that fire. What? How does that group kind of push that, bring all that together into their own sense? And I think Scott Stoker is the right guy to go ahead and mold these guys. And, and we're seeing it. And you know, steering away from the secondary, let's go, you know, down back down to the second level where the linebackers are. This is probably the deepest group of. Well, you know, you go back to different type of defenses when UTEP would go through a. a Four three, the three four, and now you only need two linebackers. But this is the talent, most deepest talented pool of linebackers that we've had. Jimmy Murray, oh my God, man! <laughs> you talking every defense needs that one crazy motherfucker well, that, that just him. pops, and that is him. He is that guy. He's that crazy wild out uh, Ben Lieber type of linebacker. That's just off the top of my head, you have a pro. He is that guy. That Zach Thomas. That. That and win, if you even want to throw it in there, just that crazy son of a bitch that's just going to hit people. And that right there mixed with, with Trey, Trey Brown, who's just a, he's just solid. Trey yeah. Brown, he may not be the fastest guy. He may not be the quickest lateral moving type of guy, but he just gets it done. And then you have your freaking Alvin Jones that yeah. just does everything. Blitzes. Which obviously is he's, and he's banged, banged up, up right yeah. now, so that's going to be interesting. But you talk about Jimmy Musgrave, man. That guy's got to be the leader of this defense. And, and he is. He is the leader. When of the you defense, talk about just his, his work ethic, just just take a step back and talk about how he walked on at Oregon, a place a tight end. I mean, you got, and it doesn't even matter the position. I'm just talking about walking on and making the team at, at, at a university like Oregon, where there, I mean, how many kids want to go play football at Oregon, man? You know, and so so to go out there and say, look, I've got these these offers here, these, these smaller schools. I'm gonna go see what I'm made of. I'm going to go walk on at Oregon and see if I can make this team. And he did it. So just that in and of itself talk, says so much about the type of guy that he is, the type of player that he's going to be for this team. I, I'm really expecting a lot out of him. He's got to be the leader of, of that unit. I mean, he already is. Man. That kid is just 
it's ridiculous. And, and looking at some of the younger linebackers that were in there on Sunday, Stephen Forrester, that's a guy that was really highly touted when, when he came out, originally recruited as, as, a, as a tight end, then go to DN. Now he's standing up at linebacker. The kid's an athlete. You know, he just looks like he, he still has a frame to build on. He's a little bit he's, – he's kind of tall and skinny still, but that's a guy that's going to fill out. The big X factor, I really think, Justin Tatum. This is a guy, when he came out a couple of years ago, had over, what, 100-and-something tackles. In, now, albeit it was a smaller uh, division in, in the Dallas area, but, I mean, this is a guy that I, I think he had, like, 20 or 30-something tackles in, like, a championship game. Um, you know, this guy really has that linebacker mold. That 26 tackles, man, 13 solo, 13 assists, I mean, and a sack, and a 52 goals. Uh, win against Highlands. This guy has that what I I call it a, a tree stump frame where his legs are just freaking tree stumps, bro. And I mean this guy is just he can explode so well. He's gonna be that. And, and you know we t- we obviously talk about our top three, but that number four linebacker proved to be so important last year when Puente. You know we we had four linebackers with Puente and, and the three that we already mentioned. That was huge because there was no drop off. Each of them complimented each other. Each of them complimented the package or the play call that was that was ran. So finding that fourth linebacker, whether it's Forreston or uh, Forrester, whether it's Cooper Foster, another guy that's a veteran guy that's been a special teams guy, he's had a pretty good camp too. He's drawn Cougar's cool praise. I mean, that linebacker position is it's, it's all in. It's led by a Man, I'm gonna miss that. I wish we could. That's you know you always talk about getting these JUCO guys and you know they start to break out around. You know, he broke out, obviously, last year. But, you know, when you're like, damn, we got something special. But only got him for 12 games. Well, 14 games. I want to go to Conference USA Chapman in a bowl game. But anyway, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So that's going to be tough. And then moving to the defensive line is really where I, I, a lot of people are going to say it's a, it's been a strain. I want to question it, though. Because, you know, you have, obviously, your main starters on, at the edge, Roy Robertson-Harris. And that you've been high on for... I've been hyped about this dude since they signed him. Yeah. And then Nick Usher, who's really grown... In, uh, Nick Usher looks like a wide receiver <laughs> at a defensive end. But this guy's, you know, grown so much. And he's so technical with his hands and, and his footwork. And then you go in the middle with Villarreal, Breslin. But I'm, I'm curious about the depth behind those guys. I know there's bodies there. You know, I know a guy like Luke Elsner's there. But, I mean, really, that's a big concern. And, and watching practice on Sunday, as much blitzing as UTEP defense did, way more. I mean, this, we're pretty much blitzing every down last year. There was so much more blitz. That defensive front, I think, now it could have been because they're going against the UTEP offensive line. That could be a factor. But I'm kind of concerned with that pass rush. Not so much run stopping, but more so the pass rush from our defensive line. That's and that's an area that, that is always, I mean, I, when I think about UTEP defense, and not even just under Kugler, but in general, I feel like our Achilles heel or heels have always been getting pressure on the quarterback. Consistent, consistent pressure. Consistent pressure on the quarterback. And that lead, leading to us not being able to, to cover guys one-on-one on the outside. So, I mean, we talked about the secondary a little bit, but but you're right. And and your concerns about about – uh, the lack of depth aren't aren't are not something. It's not something that just you are worried about. Because I have talked to people that are around the program, and that's that, that was the first thing that they told us. They're basically one deep. Yeah. I mean, you've got guys there, but unproven guys, and and it's it's hard if you if you you know you want you hope you stay healthy the entire season, but if you have guys that have to miss time, it's going to be tough filling those spots and getting production out of those spots. So I mean. 
that's going to be big for this for this team, no doubt about it. I mean, you you look at it at, at the middle, a guy that really stood out to me, Brian. I don't know if we're going to murder his name, but Brian Madouzim. He had two or three <laughs> plays where he just bull rushed and he got through and made the play. But after that, I mean, you're talking about a guy like Vince uh, Cerneski or uh, Cernuski, who is actually a walk on now. He has great size, but you know, he's walk. He, he was really kind of walk on, granted a scholarship. But, you know, that just those are the type of things that concern me. Christian Harper is another guy that has kind of had a great camp and, and really kind of stood out for converted offensive line. But there's a lot of youth there on the rush edge. Do, do they tap? Cougar's talking about the that he wants to build that three deep. I don't see it yet this year. I see, I see his recruiting efforts to do that. I just don't think that's going to be set this year, though. I, I mean, as, as great as it sounds, to, to put that on the media and to, and to talk about that. I just don't see it. I see it being developed, but I don't see it coming full circle right, right now. And that really is going to be a big concern. I, I'm Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully these young guys, you know, the Elsners of the world, that you know, they just come out and surprise us. The Mike Soda's in the, you know, in the middle. Can't forget about a guy like Silas first. He's played a lot his first couple of years. So, I mean, there is some bodies there, but it's just how is that going to come together? Because, like you said, it's been an Achilles heel. Even last year at some points, we were blitzing so much where it seemed like we were opening up our defensive line instead of just beating guys one-on-one. You know, somebody missed a block, and, hey, you know, Roy comes in, and you know, he's got himself a strip sack or whatever the case might be. But that's really going to be something to watch. But, I mean, overall, I think the defense is, is definitely farther ahead than they've ever been. You know, obviously having three years of Scott Stoker's defense. But when I say farther ahead with the depth in the secondary, there's so many moving parts, so many guys. Uh, you know, I wrote about it where, you know, going back to that one play where uh, Leftwich was backed up, the previous play, you got Ish Harrison coming off a straight corner blitz, lined up as a corner. And then the next play, he's lined up as a safety, dropping back into cover three. That's going to be huge to have against younger teams or with younger quarterbacks. So the UTSA uh, comes into mind. Even Old Dominion comes into mind. Just type of things that we saw Scott Stoker confused teams that struggle with the quarterback position, and they just ate their lunch. Yeah. And that's really what I feel with this defense going to be. This is kind of almost like a contract year. I hate to say this, but this could be a contract year for Scott Stoker. If he does the same thing or even better than last year, I, you know, it's hard to keep a guy like that here definitely. unless Stoker reaches in his back pocket. But, I mean, really the defense is definitely going to be the rock of this UTEP football team. But, like, like we talked about, if that passing game can get going, that could change our perception of what this could be. Um, but still, you still got a scrimmage to go, a big scrimmage on Saturday. That'll say a lot, too, about week. a lot of these positions. Yeah, man. so, I mean, but but there's guys there, and, and the program is definitely moving forward just like it did last year. There hasn't – I don't feel there's any drop-off. I feel the chemistry may be a little bit better, um, you know, with a lot of these young guys are a little bit more – you might not want to say a little bit more hungry, but, you know, they're hungry. You know, they want to come here and play. Cougar's selling them – the only thing Cougar is selling them is winning. He's not selling them playing time like he's mentioned. He's selling them do the right things to win, and you can sense – that these guys are buying into by the way they practice, by the way they talk to each other, by the way they compete and trash talk each other on the field. So that's really huge. And damn, <laughs> are there any way to move to expedite these next two weeks to get to Arkansas? I mean, you know what the, what the worst part about this whole thing is? We're not gonna see actually see them though in person. Well, I'm gonna I'm go up to Lubbock. Are you going out there? Yeah, I'm gonna go up to. I actually didn't hurry up and get a hotel because I was looking today and I'm starting to get booked out. But we'll be the rush will be up there and, and Lubbock right. will represent it. But so lots to talk about. We'll be talking a lot of football, obviously, over the next couple of months. But let's switch it over to the Don Haskins Center, and uh, obviously the big news. I mean, I, I got to get your take on this because we didn't really, we haven't really talked about it off, you know, off off the official minor rush record. But Broderick Jones, the final missing piece to the UTEP roster. I mean, 
I got a hot take on it, and I'm probably going to piss off some, well, I don't know, piss off some people. I may bring a better, a little bit different side of it. What do you feel about Roderick Jones? I mean, how, how big is this signing? How do you feel this biggest signing? Not just because he's a four-star, you know, big-time recruit, but how do you feel the signing is for the chemistry and, and the kind of ball, I guess you can call on this team? I mean, what, what do you see? Well, with the news that hit, you know, of, of – as it was after last year, we already kind of felt losing Cedric Lang, losing Vince Hunter, you know, you feel like, and yeah, you got Romine and Thomas coming in, but you feel like your bigs are, are, you're thin at your bigs, you know, and then, but you're like, okay, we still got Wilms, right? And then the news comes down that, that Wilms' foot is just not progressing like we thought it was, and he's done for the season. That was a huge blow. And, and so I don't know about chemistry, but this team desperately, desperately needed Broderick Jones to sign. And, and I think that's – I honestly believe that Wilms going down was the reason he signed with Utah. Mm-hmm. It may not have been said, but that opened up a spot for him to really come in, and he's, he's going to get playing That'll time. open up 20 yeah. minutes a game. Exactly, <laughs> period. So I, I think that was like what sealed the deal with, with Utah. So – I don't know as far as chemistry. Look, the guy's obviously a talent. Anytime you get the offers that this kind of kid had, and not only just before he signed with San Diego State, but he he gets out of his LOI, and then you know you got Providence, you got Syracuse, uh, Memphis. Memphis. I mean, come on. When you got those type of programs calling for you, you know you're a serious talent. Now this guy's still freshman. He's still 18 years old. There's still going to be a learning curve with him. It's going to take time for him to get adjusted to this team and this coaching staff and the way they like to run their things. But there's no question that this team desperately needed a guy like him. And for him to be available that late in the game was a godsend. Because you do not have four-star athletes. Whatever, you can talk about stars. They don't mean much. But regardless of of what it means, you do not have four-star guys available that late in the game. Taking visits in late July. Exactly. And so, so we... I mean, that was that was just – it worked out perfect for us. A little Isaac Hamilton karma. <laughs> oh, I went there. Oh, I went there. But nah, hey, when are we, I, I didn't even remember that guy anymore, man. And then you got to bring him up. You know, it's, 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 it's you, hashtag UTEP fan proud. But, <laughs> I mean, it, it, I agree with you on, on the on the part where he – I mean, you need you needed that. You need, We needed him. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the fence where I don't think he's that big of a world beater – where of course yeah you go out and get them but I think I think there may be a little bit of of I don't know how to say this but how to like make this slip out but I think the expectations for him are a little bit too high for the average fan yes he's a four star but when you look at what UTEP needed to be productive they didn't really I mean it's not that they didn't need him but let's just say they didn't need a six nine two two hundred pounder one hundred ninety pounder now of course it's gonna come in and help he's yeah. definitely gonna help but I mean I just don't see him coming in and averaging a double-double. I don't – maybe, you know, I could be wrong. With this, with, now, now I'm thinking, well, UTEP's strength of schedule, <laughs> we haven't even touched that yet. But, you know, I just – I still think he has some flaws in this game where he's not that guy that we've needed, you know, that score that can just overtake a game. He does have some great post moves. He can stretch it out and shoot a little bit. But I – from the – and this is just from the little video clips I see. Maybe my, my take will change once I watch him in practice come October. But I just don't think he's that guy that's going to go out there and be that 15, 20-point, 10-rebound guy that Vince was. I don't think – I, I, I just don't see that in him right away. Not saying that two, three years from now, 
you know, he could do that. But it seems like the perception is that he could be a one-and-done or that no, he's already no. a, a Conference USA so. freshman of the year. So. That's no. what I'm kind of seeing the basis just off fans from Twitter and all that. And I just don't see that. I think he's he, he's got to build that frame and he's got to refine those skills at the college level, which could – if it may take him three college practices. It may take him to December. Shit, it may take him till March until the conference tournament. I think he'll catch on to it, but I just don't think right away – that this is a guy that are, that everybody I think everybody's expecting him to come in and average a double double with no not but at all. I just don't see, but it see this team yet out this, of this team guy. Well, I disagree in the sense that that's not what this team needs you know we didn't need a double double guy down there but we do need a guy that is an offensive threat yeah because you 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 didn't have the depth right and now you've got it and you've got guys like Thomas. Who, you know, Thomas and, and now Broderick Jones that are going to give you options down low. Now, they might not be the big, the best post players in the world, you know. They're not, uh, a, you know, a Matt Wilms or a John Bohannon with great footwork and post moves and whatnot. But they're going to give you other scoring options. Now, when you compare them to like a Vince Hunter, you can't. Vince Hunter's, a, a, his, his talent is just, it, it's, you don't see that very often. You know, you don't see it very often, especially at a school like UTEP. But... When you kind of flip the way this this team is is gone in two years, when you when you flip it from it being centered around Vince Hunter to now being centered around Dominic Artis, you don't need that double double guy down down there anymore. Now, if he turns into that guy, then great, you know. But but just the simple fact that you've got a guy that you know has the ability to go, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty points a game every now and then doesn't have to be every game, but that can give you that you know that extra option. And like you mentioned, stretch it out a bit, step out and hit a J every now and then. That I mean, I think that is just it, – it's it's really going to help this team a lot. And, yeah, I don't expect him to be an all-conference player right away. I don't expect him to be a – definitely do not do not expect him to be a one-and-done guy. If he is, great. That probably means that we had a great season, went to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I don't expect that out of him. But, again, the biggest thing is, is where this team was before he signed. Because, you know, you're talking about – Everything was kind of like on the up and up for UTEP basketball. Everybody was so happy that, you know, we got Dominic Artis and this and that. And, you know, we're, we're, we're back where we should Lee be. Lee Moore showed up. Yeah, and, and we're back where we should be, where we expected to be. And then you get the news that, that Omega Harris isn't academically eligible, which we haven't even touched on yet. Um, and then you got the news that Matt Wilms is out for the year. And it just it took the air out of the balloon, man. And, and everybody's just like... Well, where do we go now? You know, okay, we got artists, but where do we go now? Okay, we got we got a couple other guys in 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 win, you know, at, at the bigs, but really, that's a lot of your production. When you talk about losing Omega Harris, I mean, he he's potentially your best returning player, yeah. you know, and then Wilms is your best returning big. So you you talk about losing your best returning player and your best returning big. I mean, those are huge losses. So again, I think. Where this program was after hearing that news, the Roger Jones signing couldn't have gotten any. It couldn't have been any better. Oh, I agree. You know, I there agree. was no other player out there that was going to fill a better spot than than what he did. I agree, and I may not be as high on him, but I as as others, but I agree on that for sure. And I really think that. And this is I was thinking about this on the way. This could be a good write up topic, but I think Omega Harris or not Omega Harris. I think Dominic Artis is going to improve. Our production from our big guys. I really think with his with his penetrating ability, and he may have to. Uh, my biggest knock on Broderick Jones is I don't think he can get his shot right now. 
Now, like I said, it, maybe not right now. It'll come in in December where he's just posting fools and and doing what he does and and, and you know stepping out, pump fake. He has a nice he has a nice jab step, but I think really dominant artists can come in there and really improve the production of a big, especially a guy like Matt Wilms. You know, with a dump off, with the ooh, mm-hmm. those are good. That is was really huge, you know, to have that. But I mean, really, it, just like you're saying, it's huge to get this guy. But I mean, really, let, let's jump to Omega then. I mean. I, I was really disappointed in, in Omega for this, man. I mean, nothing personal, but just the reason why I felt really hurt by this because I really felt Omega was turning that corner and being a leader on this team. And and not just a statistical leader, not just a uh, assist leader, not just, a, you know, a, an all-conference attention-getter, but I really saw that he was starting to embrace being a UTEP minor, embrace Floyd system, embrace the UTEP fans, embrace the Haskins Center. And then, you know, and it's not saying that he can't come back and do that, but that throws in a wrench because, yeah. you know, if, if you know, if you follow Tim Floyd like we have, that doghouse is pretty hard to get out of, especially something like that. And and that's where I feel that even if Omega does come back, he's going to have a lot of work. If he comes you back in December, it's going to have a lot of work to do. But, I mean, there's no doubt that the kid comes from a great family. I'm pretty sure he got his ear chewed off by his mom. So he's tweeted at us. She's a very sweet lady. Had a chance to talk to her a couple of <laughs> times. It, but she don't play around. You know what, though? I'm not even mad at Omega Harris. I'm not. Dude, a 19-year-old kid. When too, I was 19, bro, exactly. I was I was dropping classes, bro. Yeah. I, I wouldn't show up and I'd be like, oh, well, I'll just drop it and take it next semester. Because that's what I thought at that time. I didn't have my head on straight. You know, I didn't know that this is – I mean, we're talking about it as far as basketball goes. But I'm talking about, like, as far as you don't know how it's going to affect your future. You don't think like that at that age. You know what I mean? You're still a kid. Living in now having fun exactly. you're a college athlete so I can't be mad at him sure. and, and, and is it is it bad is it a bad thing it definitely is looking back when I used to do that stuff I'm like damn I was stupid to do that no. you know and one day he'll look back and do the same but the point is where is the coaching staff man how he, do you he let, didn't just fail one class to be how do you let your best returning player fail even one class where, that's that's who I'm mad at, man. With everything that that we've had with this staff, you know, we can, I, I I have not forgotten, you know, how disappointed we've been with this staff for five, what is it, six years now? Is that what it's been? Is this the seventh year? I, I lose track now. I lose track now because it's like every year you come in, you expect so much, it doesn't happen, and and I, you know, I'm waiting for it to happen. I'm I still got that little flame burning, but. With everything, all the disappointments of this staff, man, this is just adding to it. How do you let your best player fail a class? I, I would be, I would have somebody next to him in class, man, waking him up in the mornings if I have to to go to class. I mean, seriously, like I, I don't get it. I don't, that I really do not get. No, that's true. I mean, there's, I mean, he, and there's a lot of people on that on on both sides of the fence on that. What should be the young man? Uh, you know, responsibility. Yeah, it, it is. is. It is. It is. But, but I mean, at the same not, time, he's still a kid. I, and like I said, it, it, for you, if I remember when I was playing college ball, it wasn't about like it wasn't high school where you know you had to have a C in each class. It goes by your GPA, if I'm not mistaken, your total GPA. So this wasn't just one class that he bombed. I, yeah. You know, it had to have been a handful. And I have a couple people that have told me some of his class habits even before this came out. This was even after the season ended. And, and and it drew a red flag to me, but I heard, you know, the coaching staff will be on that. Yeah. You know, if, if a student in the class sitting behind Omega Harris noticed it, the coaching staff should know about it. So, you know, and your point is was beautiful about kind of you want to have preventative maintenance. With all that's gone on, you would think at this point 
you would really push for that uh, preventive maintenance type of deal where where that stuff doesn't happen, where you don't have that in the news. So, you know, I, I agree with you on both points. I just it, it just it's disappointing because, like I said, I felt he was turning that corner into being the guy I felt he could be when we signed him, the next great guard out of UTEP. I'm not worried you know, about it, man. But, but I'm I mean, not worried about it in that sense because I think he will be. I don't. I, this isn't. Gonna, if anything, this is going to be something that he's going to have. Exactly, he's going to be a wake up call. He's going to have to sit really there hope. and watch those guys, his brothers. Go out to battle without him when he should be on the court. You got a guy like Dominic Artis, who I am high on, not just talent wise, but I think he's going to be that leader out there. Yeah, I agree too. He already is. So he's going to be getting on on Omega's ass. Like, look, man, you should be right here next to me, and you're out there sitting on the sideline because you failed a class or two, whatever it is. You know? And Artis has been through hell and back in the worst fucking way. So so so. he's one that can tell him firsthand, look, I've been there. I've messed around. I've, I've messed up. Don't go down that road. And I think Omega will come around. He'll be fine. Oh, yeah, you know? I think, yeah. I'm not I'm not so much worried about that. But again, you gotta be on top of this, man. As a coaching staff, this is you're you're kinda coming down to your last straw. I mean, honestly. With a lot of with a lot of people. I mean, as it is, you've still got people that are on your side, no doubt about it. And I'm not it's not like I don't like Floyd, you know. I just want to see UTEP win. I'm a UTEP fan. I'm not a Floyd fan. Okay, he's the son of the program. Great. I love him. Whatever. I respect him. Fine. But I want to see them win. Just because you're a son of the program, just because this and that doesn't doesn't give you a free pass. Look, we we come from a long history of UTEP basketball. The Bear put this in us where we expect to win, man. That guy did wonders for this university as far as basketball goes. And, and we're constantly just like – wishing and hoping to get back to where we were at that point. And when, you ha- when you've been given six years, seven years, eight years, I mean, how many years could you possibly give them? You're coming down to it, man. It, you got to be on top of stuff like this. And it, al- it always goes back to the Mike Price conversation. When I see on message board and they talk about Floyd, and I mean, it's, you know, it, it, this kind of gets into the next thing I want to talk about, the schedule. I mean, it, it, it seemed like, it seemed like at first, I mean, to everybody it was surprised, but I mean, me and you, we, you know, obviously, you know, not trying to be like, oh, we're better, but I mean, we've had our sources that have told us, hey, yeah. don't expect to see this schedule to be sexy. So yep. I didn't really have high expectations. But I didn't expect it to be so weak. I expected maybe one money game, maybe one new home and home, and home at the least. But at the same time, I mean, it's. If you follow college basketball, like I know you, I mean you're one of the biggest college basketball fans that I've ever met. Sometimes it's it's not about oh going out and playing somebody. We've had Ken DeWeese on our show talking about how difficult it is to schedule, and not only that, but I mean you can't. Maybe at a school, maybe this is wrong, but I just feel like maybe at a school you have you can't have that Arizona schedule every year, of or course. or even going back to a couple of years ago where we had Oregon and and UNLV both in home and home. So maybe this was this is I mean you think about it coaches math coaches don't just think about next year they plan things out sure so you know Floyd knew that he was gonna be losing you know his first recruiting class and that you know this was already set out so it shouldn't be a surprise to most people and I I mean I was shocked that there wasn't at least one big time game but I mean it is what it is man it is what it is I, you it know, really isn't I, I, I a, hear a big topic saying. or issue to me no 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 I I don't mind it I don't mind it. Look, with all the losses that we've had to this team, I don't mind the schedule. I don't at mind all. it. All. I'm, I'm not. But, I'm not. but we better not have another twenty exactly, and twelve years. Exactly. Exactly. This team better win twenty five games. I mean, 
half. There's just no and reason. And that's not it. Last year, 25 games were like, oh, we're being homers. No, no. no you, not you, better, you, you, you better win those games. Yeah. That's all I got to say. But, you know, you said something that kind of like I didn't really like so much. That that was just the, the statement of like, well, we can't, we're UTEP. We can't expect to like have that schedule every year. And I understand where you're coming yeah. from, but I want to get to the level where we don't have to say, well, we're UTEP. You know what I'm saying? Because like, we promised, because he promised not to exactly, have us on that level. Exactly. And, and I don't want to be that. I, I, want to, I want to be where Memphis is. Yeah. I want to be where Gonzaga is, where every single year, not only are we good, but we're, we're, we're scheduling the best as good as we can, and we're beating those teams. And people want to that's, play. Huh? Exactly. That's where I want to be. You know, and I understand it's a long road. It's not like we're going to all of a sudden turn the corner this year and we're that team. But I'm just saying, at some point, we have to kind of get over this stigma or whatever you want to call it of like, mid-major. oh, well, we're a mid-major. Oh, well, we're, a, you know, we don't, do, we don't do that stuff. You know, we can't always have that. Or it's not a bullshit. It's been done. It's it, it's always being done. It's been, the 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 talent level proven that Floyd can bring it in. Yeah, Honestly, man, it just every time we talk about basketball, I just get frustrated, bro. It, 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 it always, the, the, the conversation always starts off with, with, with great intensity, and then we break stuff down, and I swear you, it really is. But, I mean, there's no doubt about it, though. You, you said it perfectly. Because, I mean, last year, if we're breaking down the schedule last year, and we were saying the same thing, 21 is expected, 25, we knocked off somebody. And to even say we need to win 25 games, that's just that was just being homerish. But with this schedule, I mean, you look at it, and, and I mean, Loyola, <laughs> Texas State, Alcorn State, Florida A&M. You got that Corpus Christi tournament. I think you got what Southern Illinois, Colorado State. State. Those are like the big bigger teams. Um, so honestly, you should be at least five wins in by 11:28, right? I agree. I mean, I, at least five wins in. Then you're at New Mexico State. You got UT Arlington, Washington State, New Mexico State. I mean, I would think at worst you you split those two and two, yeah. right? I mean, at worst. So you've got seven wins there. You you win that tournament, even though UC Irvine's got the dude that's like eight feet tall. <laughs> but you know, you're at nine wins, ten wins. You're at least ten wins in. Maybe twenty five is a little pushing it, just because. Do we even have thirty games this year? I, I haven't even really broke it down. Looking at it, six twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine. So you got twenty nine. So you got twenty nine games heading into that to that conference USA tournament. Even at that, with the tournament, you better hit twenty five games, man, because you shouldn't. You should have ten wins, at least ten wins, going into conference play. And in conference, it's an eighteen game schedule, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? So you, so you go. 14 and 4, that's 24 wins right there. And you need one in the tournament to get to 25, at least 25 wins. I, I mean, I don't see I don't see how, how – I'll just about that, man. We better get there, bro. We better get there, man. I, I, want, I, I want to, like, hug you or, like, I, I or, like need one. catch I you. I need one. I need one. I I mean, the pain and on this, man. And we're not even coming up. It's just football season, man. And, and I'm already getting crazy about basketball. Yeah, but, no, I agree, man. I mean, this schedule is sort of built for, like, okay, let's win this conference tournament. I mean, you know, and, and let's hope it's not, you know, hey, we're going to, you know, we, we can afford to lose to FIU and FAU at home again. No. You know, let's build this chemistry. Let's get these guys some confidence, and let's win that damn conference tournament. It's, you know, maybe this schedule could be part of Floyd's realizing. Shit, it don't matter who the hell I schedule. Yeah. At the end of the day, if I lose to Western Kentucky and That's I true. and I lose to FIU, I'm it's fucked. True. So we might as well just, like you said, go into the conference. 
tournament with 24 games, win the damn thing, and hell, even if, you know, because look at, at La Tech and uh, Southern Miss past couple 27 wins with almost the exact same or even worse schedule than UTEP, and they're NIT. They're not dancing, they're NIT. So, I mean, it's it really just hope that this team can build that chemistry because it's all in in Birmingham. It's all in in Birmingham where I'm even thinking about going there for the week just because, you know, it could it, that could be – that's really our only ticket. And, that is. Is, and with, it, with the growth of this team, it may not be far-fetched come February thinking, well, you know, we ran through a lot of people, whatever it is, what, whether who, no matter who we're playing, we got chemistry, we got something. So, I'm gonna, is that somebody on the line or is that from earlier? Oh, we do have a caller. To wrap it up. I'm, already, I'm over here. I'm over here ready to wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, we got a caller, man. Let's see what's up. Hello. What's going on, man? You're live on the rush. Who are we talking to? Hey, greetings from Oklahoma. Kidliner here. All right. What's going on? Is this Mr. Adam? Yes, it is. Oh, what's going on, man? I haven't heard from him since our, I believe it was the National Signing Day podcast we had. But what's going on, Mr. Adam? Speak your mind. Hey man, as well as usual, you guys are doing great, great job, loving it. Thanks, man. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, I wanted, I wanted to um, <clears throat> speak on something that a uh, gentleman from California called about. You guys talked about is the, the spread, the spread of UTEP uh, information. You guys familiar with American Sports Network now? Right. Yep. Yeah, the ASN Network. Huh. Yes, sir. Well, here in Oklahoma. Yeah, here in Oklahoma. I've been last year. Watched most of the games. I had guys at work. Hey, you, did you watch the game? Did you know they're on TV? So they're out there. I know this year is pivotal as far as contracts with ASN and different things, but we are being noticed, and that's a great thing, especially with the the year we yeah, have. Yeah, no last doubt year. about it. And then of course it, it is a great thing. And, and, oh yeah. And, and the oh, big yeah. thing about the exposure is. That's going to come up, uh, I believe it's going to be sometime in January, February, and I hope that, you know, it's, it's even better. Because, I mean, let's be honest, the American Sports Network is great for guys like us, guys like you, Mr. Adam. But at the same time, it is the bottom barrel sports broadcasting. It really is. So as much as it is great for guys like you to have that and to be on your local network and not have to have the big-time cable package, me, my personal opinion, I wish we were playing on the CBS Sports Network like Mountain West Conference does. Oh, but it, it is great exposure. You know, just like you're saying, for guys like us that, you know, Alabama and, and, and LSU could be playing, but we're watching UTEP and, and whoever they're playing. So, but no, definitely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's great that guys like you are able to watch the American Special Network. I just want to get, I hope the conference can kind of up that up their game and per se to get that big time TV deal where we get exposure not only to our fans, but to those college football playoff voters, to those NCAA sure. committee type of guys. That's what I would like to see as far as TV. Well, that, that, you got great that's, true. On that. that's true, but, you know, the time frame, they've been showing the games, even in time, that's when we play. But it, mm-hmm. um, my fans may not understand, but it also impacts recruiting. I know last year we were looking at that kid from out here in Midwest City, Oklahoma, high school. That was before the ASN took off. So just think if you had a year watching us on TV. He may not have gone to North Texas. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and I hear where Alex is coming from, too, as far as as wanting Conference USA to, or, you know, hoping that they get up there and be able to to step it up and and get better TV packages going, better TV rights with with bigger networks. But at the same time, as a fan, all you can ask for is to be able to watch the game because I remember growing up when all the games were televised, you know, on the local stations. And, and, 
for a while there, you didn't have that, and you only had two or three maybe games televised a year. You had to wait for that CBS College mm-hmm. Sports or that ESPN game, Most that once-in-a-while game. So, so you know, now that you have the American Sports Network, it might not be as big for, you know, the TV dollars or recruiting or, or you know, even like you're talking about, the, you know, the, 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 the big dogs as far as uh, the committees and whatnot, the, the rankings being able to see us. But the fans get to see us or see UTEP, and that's the big thing for me, I think. Oh, it is. It is, and you're correct. Here I can go to Buffalo Wild Wings now. And usually at the yeah. time frame, nobody else is playing. I can say, hey, guys, put it on ASN or whatever. And so all of a sudden I got a whole room of folks watching the game, you know. And people will watch football yep. because it's football. I did. I, you know what? Yeah. That's funny because I actually did the same thing last year, but I think the game was on ESPN2, if I'm not mistaken, against Tech. The, low, the, here, the game here? It was on F- Fox Sports. Oh, Fox Sports 1. I was actually out in uh, in South Bend, uh, Indiana at that time at the Notre Dame game. Right. And Notre Dame, the Notre Dame game had just finished, and I'm hauling ass to a bar as close as I can to the stadium to get somewhere that I could watch the game because it was like a 9 p.m. kick or whatever. And I'm over there, you know, in this bar where everybody's looking at the post-game coverage for Notre Dame, and I'm like – Hey, can I get one TV on Fox Sports One? People are probably like, "What? The, why are you watching?" You know, UTEP. But no, it's awesome that the fans get get to watch these games. Hey, man, thank you for calling in. Uh, keep joining. You know, keep tuning into the rush, and we'd love to hear your your comments on all our podcasts. So, thanks again. You bet, guys. Man, go I miners. really think go miners, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I really think this was one hell of a podcast. That was a good show, man. Season, man. It went pretty smooth for for me being Head so rusty, point. and you know, I, I I got so much going on right now, man. But um, but no, it's always it's always good. You know, I love talking some UTEP sports, and and we got a couple callers, man. That's great. Yeah, I, you know, I love to we we love to hear you all call in, man. Get your comments because that's this is why we do it. I mean, we could talk UTEP sports on our own, you know. So we do this so that way you all can kind of chime in and. And we all get the conversation going, so it's good. And you all know where to hit us up at Minor Rush or at SBN Minor Rush on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Minor Rush, SBN Minor Rush at gmail.com. See, I still got it. I can still got do it. You got it. You got it. But, no, you know, you all chime in, man. Comments. And it's been going good. Alex has done an amazing job building up the, the community, and that's what it's all about, just continuing to grow it and just getting your all thoughts, opinions. I mean, that's what that's what SB Nation is about. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Unfortunately, though, next week, I don't think we're going to have a show because the Chihuahuas are back in town. Here we go again. So my one last homestand. We'll see what we can figure out, but right now it's kind of up in the air. I was thinking about that. One last homestand for my baseball duties, and after that it's full-time UTEP all day, every day. So A couple quick notes before we tune out. Uh, Oliver Powell, um, big-time forward, has, has trimmed his list, and it's still nine schools. But UTEP's in there. They're hard after because Ar- Armani and and I wrote in there that Armani Brooks was was being looked at, but he trimmed down his list to top five. UTEP ain't there. Yeah. So I can guarantee you what that one. And we got to break this down because I'm not sure if there's one scholarship or two left. We're gonna have to look into it before we talk about recruiting again. But I can tell you for sure that he is a highly targeted. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's. And you know, it, just I don't want to get too far into this. You know, we talked we talked enough basketball, <laughs> but. You see the guys that Floyd's starting to go after, and he's starting to go after those guys that we used to talk about when he first got here. Those those long athletic guys. None of these, you know, Wilms was kind of the the, the exception to the rule, you know. And now we're seeing a lot of six eight, six nine guys, and so on. So yeah, Oliver Powell, big big time recruit Keep that the Miami's going after. Um, not only that, but 
Talk about the uh, the women's basketball team that just picked up a real big time. Ooh, Jakira Ford, that man, that's a big time picker. We're talking about a high school prep athlete that's already scored over twelve hundred points. Had offers from A uh, and M, uh, LSU. I want to say was another one. NC State. I mean, that was a huge, huge get for Keita Adams. It's sort of kind of like the the way she was able to get Janelle uh, Nash a couple years. That's a big, big. John, she's a twenty sixteen. So we won't see her until the end of uh, the end of this upcoming year, but a huge, huge get for them nonetheless. The future looks bright. I think they're going to have a really, really solid season this year. And then you add a girl like her coming in, what there's still going to be some missing pe- some pieces from last year or from this upcoming year. It's going to be good. So Keith Adams got that thing rolling, and that's a huge signing. Five eleven. She's. I, I want to compare her almost to Kayla Thornton because she's like a double double machine too. So that's a huge, huge get for her. Kind of excited for their season this year. They're going to be good again. Their schedule, that hasn't been released yet, but I did see today where they're going to play Hampton on the 22nd of November. That's a doubleheader because the men also play that day. So keep an eye out for that. Hopefully the next couple of days they'll drop that. I see women's programs starting to drop their schedules. So Another quick note, obviously uh, you got some minors out there in action in preseason football. And, and beyond that as well, talking about guys like Antoine Blake, but Jamil Showers making a name for himself with the Cowboys. I don't know how deep they're going to go at, at quarterback. But he's a guy that probably will be kept around on the practice squad, if anything, at least. Because the know? Cowboys only carry two, two quarterbacks, quarterbacks, right? That, yeah. that That's what they not do know about that. So, I mean, that, and that's a go, going back to back, 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 where Cougar is preparing these guys. These dudes playing special teams, too. Yeah. Anything it takes to make a roster, that's what these guys are being taught up here on Glory Road for sure, man. And also, uh, Quinn Dempsey is re-signed with the Texans. That's huge because he was not in our, yeah. our NFL yeah, minor report. Yeah. And that, I mean, I don't see how he didn't go into a training camp with anybody. But. Joe Banyer with the Vikings, he got a touchdown. I know yeah, that. Uh, that Jordan Leslie, down. I haven't seen much of him, but he's out there with the Vikings as well. James Davidson uh, just signed with, oh, I can't forget who it was, but James, the defensive end that we had. Darren Bowles is out there with the Eagles, and you still, of course, got Eric Tomlinson out there. I he, think he, he might make a, a little bit of an impact. He might, too. Make, he might make the 53-man roster. Uh, D.C. Smith, uh, you know, Horace Miller. He's a guy that that actually looks pretty cool right there with that Seahawks jersey on, even though I'm not a Seahawks fan, but that's cool. <laughs> Darren Woodard, Arizona. You know, you got definitely these guys representing UTEP, Josh Bell. So good luck to all those those miners out there. Go Raiders! Yeah, no, oh, man, that's where people. That's where the players go to to kill their careers, Not bro. Boys Miller. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's, um, I will say that uh, last thing here. If you all didn't get a chance to check it out, go check it out. SB Nation went through the uh, the top the rankings. Great Bill the, Connolly. the great Bill Connolly went through the uh, the rankings, and I know that that who was it? Let me just let me just check this so I can give a quick shout out for. Uh, for even commenting on that, because we do appreciate all those comments. Yeah, you. Um, it was Chris eighty seven um, talking about the grading system and how hard it is, and I agree with this. This is something that we kind of touched on when we talked about grading recruiting. Yeah, you know, yep. it's so hard to go out there and get a true grasp of where every program is at, where every player is at. So it is hard, and I, I get Chris's point, but I think they're actually pretty fair. You know, the top the top Conference USA team in the rankings is actually Western Kentucky. They check in at 51. Ooh, you got, got Marshall at 53. Um, UTEP comes in right at 74. Louisiana Tech at uh, at 72. Those are, the, those are the top teams in the West. UTEP comes in at 87, just behind Old Dominion. And Middle Tennessee. And Middle Tennessee. So that – I don't think that's necessarily no, I mean, unfair, you know. I mean, until they prove that they're better than just a 6-6, six 7-5 and six, seven and five team, I mean, that's probably where you're going to be as, as that – 
type of team out of a league like Conference USA. So I think that's pretty fair. Now, what I was surprised with, man, is that NMSU is making a push, bro. They're up to 126. <laughs> oh, maybe they're still out of game. And, and looking at this, how how you guys were talking about how how uh, the formula is, UTSA is one twenty seven. Yeah. Because and the only reason why is because they don't have anybody coming back. They're but their but their recruiting yeah, has right. been decent over. You know, maybe not stellar, maybe not something to brag about if you're a UTSA fan. But they brought in different pieces now. That's a coaching job now. Yeah. You know, and so that there there you kind of get both sides of the fence of of where UTEP is at because of the last year, the growing process, and then you look down where UTSA, because they, you know, last year everybody had them hyped because they returned 34 yep. people. So, like you said, it, it, it's sort of a gauge. It sort of isn't a hit or miss, but either way, that's why they play 12 football games during a regular season because we get to see who is who. And, and Conference USA newbie rounds out the bottom at, at 128 okay. Charlotte. And we'll, we'll uh, talk, we'll, in our next podcast, we'll see. Look, what, I, what I want to do is I want to bring, like, two or three guys from yeah. uh, you know, that covers them and, yeah. and, you know, bring Break it down. We could do that the next time. I really, really, because this is a, this is kind of a big year for Conference USA. I feel we probably have enough time to do like one or like let's say two guys a week for the next six yeah. weeks, and that'll lead us into, into conference play. Yeah, that's so a good that, idea. That's a good man. idea, right there. Damn, we high five in case you didn't know what that was there. Um, but you know what? As far as those ranking those rankings go. More than anything, it's just a talking point, yeah. man. It's just oh, something yeah. to give you conversation kill about. Four months exactly. Exactly. Kill four months. Exactly. Every team is going to have their opportunity to, to prove themselves Everybody and, and they're show win that they're better season. than what whoever's rankings show. But, you know, I and, then, and then they're going to screenshot at the end of the year. The, the, the ESPN say. rankings had, if I'm not mistaken, who did they? They had TCU at number two. Uh, ESPN the magazine. I was I was shocked about that. Boykin coming back, that quarterback. I think he is back, but even with that, I mean, they lost a lot of guys, especially on the defense. But either way, that's just it's just a point that these rankings right now don't mean anything. They're just something to get page reads, views, page views, yeah. and, and to get you talking. It's something to talk about, man. You know, we got hardly. I mean, now it's starting to kind of get going. That ball's get starting to roll, but throughout the summer, it's slow, and it's it's really just something to talk about. But another good episode of the Rush, man. Really enjoyed it. We'll do it again. Um, Saturday, UTEP football scrimmage, 8.15 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. I believe it's still open uh, to uh, the public. If not, tell them you're with the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it was good. Y'all know where to find us. Hit us up. Comment. Tweet. Instagram. Like, Facebook. Single lady, uh, me. Uh, me. I don't know. Whatever you got. Hit us up. We'd love to hear all your comments, feedback. Anyway, it's been fun. The Rush episode, uh, number one for 2015. I'm Anthony Salone. I'm A-Rod, Alex Nicholas, and we out of here. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.